Welcome to Elemental Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Omar Rice is the CTO of Yoast SEO, the leading SEO plugin for WordPress websites. Graduated from the University of Amsterdam in 2014 with a master's degree in philosophy, Omar was already learning how to be a full-stack web developer working in an agile team for enterprise customers. He joined Yoast in September 2014 as a software architect and quickly became responsible for the development process. In our podcast, Omer illustrates how his master's in philosophy contributes to his work at Yoast, explains what it takes to stay ahead in the SEO plugin industry, and talks about the future of SEO. So, Elementor Talks, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guest today, Omer Rice, from the CTO of Yoast. Hi, Omer. Hey, Ben. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you, and, uh, and Matan is uh, also with me. Hi, Matan. Hi, Ben, and hi, Omar. Hi, Matan. Uh, let's get started. So we'll start with the question, uh, like uh, the basic question about Yoast. And Yoast is actually uh, not just the name of a successful plugin company, but also uh, the name of its founder. So tell us about how it uh, started. So how, how the company Yoast started, how it was founded by Yoast, basically? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Yoast Evolve has been around in SEO for a long time, working as a consultant, also doing uh, lots of big projects. And um, also uh, been very, very active in open source for, uh, for a long time. He, he used to be a WebKit on the WebKit team, team writing a, a test for, for, for the browser. And, and he's uh, been very active in WordPress as well. And as an SEO, he basically started scratching his own niches And created a few plugins for WordPress to do meta tags and to do other stuff at some point he uh, he combined these plugins into one Yoast SEO and um, that's basically how it all started he it was just Yoast sitting in his in his uh, in his attic building this this crazy open source project and at some point um, that kind of blew out of proportion and it got over uh, a million uh, active installs. And um, it was absolutely not maintainable to do that for free anymore. Like so many users asking for support, we needed to get uh, some sort of business going around it. And uh, I think that's when Yoast pretty much hired his first uh, employee. And uh, they were doing also SEO site reviews at that, at that point. And from there, The company started growing first at first slowly and 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 later on uh, uh, much faster take your uh, did it take yours to actually reach the point as the leader of wordpress uh, SEO plugins I think that that point came relatively fast like I wasn't there in the beginning, so I don't know the exact dates but uh, when I joined in 2014 I think um, we were already the biggest or or like at, at least as big as our main competitor at that time which was uh, all in one SEO pack and since we've only grown bigger and and we we definitely won the market so how has your job as CTO changed over the years as you've uh, kind of grown uh, it changed dramatically um, I 
kind of entered Yoast when we were like a 12-person company and I entered as a software architect. I quickly saw lots of room for improvement with regards to the development process and uh, the quality assurance and all that stuff. So I gave a presentation already after two weeks about what I wanted to do with, uh, with the software development side of things and basically got, got the mandate to start managing all of that. So at first it was just building the processes, uh, building a development team, uh, developing a lot myself and then um, very uh, very soon um, uh, that that grew and I, I gained much more managing uh, responsibilities and at a certain point I, I was invited to to become a partner in in the company and um, and and name myself a CTO of, of Yoast that's cool and uh, do you have a certain managing uh, style and and uh sort of uh, your own approach to it? Yeah, so I am, I, I, I think I do. When it comes to processes, I, I really need teams to be sort of self-sustainable to a certain extent. I'm not a very good planner. I'm not a very good timekeeper. So when I have to rely on sort of linear schedules, that is... Um, that's not something that I'm very good at. So what I'm always try to achieve is to have as many circular processes as possible, uh, because then things can just run, and I can check on how the thing is running, and and, and sort of um, try to uh, t- try to influence that, and and that, and that makes it possible for me for me to to manage those processes and those themes. You look more on on the macro level. Yeah, I think so. Like as a philosopher, I I I, I think I I approach these these processes as a sort of system, and I always try to look at is the system functioning as a whole, uh, and and producing uh, yeah what it should produce, which is not only a product, which is not only profit, but which is also uh, personal development of all the employees, um, developer happiness or uh, employee happiness. Like there's lots of things that are really important in our company and that also have to do with people and and, uh, and company culture that are all, all part of that as well. So you mentioned philosophy. Uh, you're, a, you're a major of philosophy, which is not the typical, uh, I would say, CV of, of a developer or, or uh, CTO. How did that transition uh, go and, and uh, has it uh, worked well for you? So that's true. Yeah, it, I, I think the philosophy and software development and IT are generally very compatible. Mostly, I never saw myself doing a job in IT at first. Um, but then at some point, I had a conversation with a, with a cousin of mine who was working in an internet startup in, uh, in Amsterdam. And he explained to me what kind of processes they were working with and what kind of problems they were solving. And he, he explained to me how agile uh, uh, processes worked and Scrum and how uh, teams were communicating all the time to improve themselves and how there's this culture of continuous improvement in, in tech, in some, some areas of tech. And I was so struck by that, so enthusiastic by that idea that that I just had to see that for myself, 
I took upon myself a, a software development internship in, in Amsterdam. I was very lucky to get an opportunity there. And then I basically yeah, learned how to code in, a, in an environment of, of fantastic professionals who, who were really able to, to guide me in that process. And uh, from that point on, I was hooked. Uh, I'm very happy to, uh, to work in, in, in IT. So it's a very interesting uh, space to be in. Also, as a philosopher who looks at the world, like the web is such an important phenomenon that, that has entered into our lives that is also just super interesting to be in the, in the midst of, even as a philosopher, uh, doing software development. Does philosophy actually help you in your position as a CTO? Maybe helps you... making different workflows or different uh, um, different decisions that you make um, yeah I, I absolutely think it helps uh, or it helps me at least there's a couple of layers where I, I see that one is that I've been trained to think and uh, thinking is a really useful skill that uh, funnily enough I think is still sometimes a little bit underestimated. And that, that is something that, I, uh, that I'm very happy with. That I'm, I'm able to think critically. I'm able to think outside of the box. I'm able to, you know, to always have different models of reality in my head and compare them and, uh, and to, uh, to approach things from different perspectives. And I think my philosophy major really helped with that. And on the other side, like programming... In many ways, on the higher level, especially in the software architecture level, has some similarities with sort of the activity that you do as a philosopher, because um, you're basically creating a sort of an abstract model of this reality that you're creating that is your software application. And that's very similar to what you do as a philosopher, where you try to understand reality and you sort of try to sort of describe that in abstract terms. So th- those, those things are very compatible. Interesting. So let's dive in more about Yoast. Like how does that go into the vision of Yoast and uh, how you have developed and plan to develop in the future? Well, the main thing here at Yoast is that like, and what, what suits me so well, what I, what I enjoy so much about this place is that we're super, yeah, we're very idealistic organization, so to speak. I think, A lot of companies say they are mission driven, but I think we're also proving that in uh, in reality and our mission is to uh, yeah our mission is basically SEO for everyone so we want SEO to be a universally accessible good uh, that that anyone can can do basically and how do you stay updated you know uh, you, you're leading the this company's you know a technological uh, front. How do you stay updated with what users need and what uh, your product needs to to include? Yeah, so what we always used to do is we would used to drastically follow what Google is doing. Uh, so we we have pretty good relationship with google with with Bing with other uh, search engines, but uh, we are also um, we also used to have a lot of experiments running, reverse engineering algorithms, all that kind of stuff. Uh, which is still from the from the old days of SEO uh, so what we used to do is we, we, we would look at 
sort of the, the technicality of SEO and what, what is needed to do good SEO and then sort of just put that into a product. And um, it was more of a top-down approach where we sort of uh, had the attitude of, okay, we're the experts, uh, we'll give you all the stuff you need to do SEO and you just have to believe us, basically. We still have that a little bit. What we recently, I think about a year ago, started also shifting a little bit to doing more user research, uh, knowing our users better, uh, understanding their needs better, and um, really sort of adapting our product strategy and our our product development also uh, to their needs. So on the one hand, we have an R&D, a big big R&D department that is constantly sort of uh, trying to keep up to date with what's needed in SEO. And on the other hand, we're also taking our users much more seriously and really try to actively listen and look how the product is used and, and improve based on that. Do you also learn from your own experience uh, in in marketing uh, Yoast in terms of uh, what strategies you use for SEO, etc.? Dog fooding is, is one of the most important things. So eating your own dog food. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely a big big thing, and we also strongly support uh, if, for instance, our uh, our developers or other colleagues have their own blog or have their own uh, website on the side, so they can actually have sort of first hand experience with our product, trying to sort of SEO their sites and that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, we, we learn a lot of lessons in in, uh, in Yoast.com. We have an editorial team who use the product every day, come with lots of great questions and a, a lot of good product improvements have, have also come out of that. So uh, like Elementor, you also have a, a free version and a pro version. So what kind of things have you learned about the different audiences that use those two uh, solutions? So the the philosophy, so to speak, has always been that if your time is worth more than your uh, uh, than your money, then then you you uh, you should buy the premium version. So what the premium version mostly does it it sort of saves you time and it helps you maintain your website uh, more easily. So if you have a longer running website, if you want to have sort of uh, support in 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 and 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 better advice in doing in doing uh, the SEO for that website, then premium is is a, is a good product to buy. But all the basic SEO stuff is available in free. So whatever you need to do SEO technically is in free. And if if you are a business if you are a business and you you're making money off your site, then premium is almost always a good good bet. So anyone who's buying premium. Is always, yeah, it's almost always a business or is a, or, or an organization that is, you know, that's that's approaching their website professionally. There were uh, certain trends in SEO recently that uh, are have risen and and uh, maybe not uh, exactly taking the first uh, spot. Uh, let's say, for example, voice and uh, what do you think about the current SEO trends and how? Uh, they affect your work? Uh, so those are things that we definitely look at. We still see voice search as a as an important uh, development. Of course, we also see mobile-first 
well, mobile first is basically the de facto standard now. It's not it's not a new thing anymore. But those that has been a major development in the in the last in the recent uh, years. Well, basically, voice search is a dramatic change because you usually get only one result. Most questions you ask in first voice search only give you the top answer. And uh, that means that it becomes increasingly important to get to the top spot for a lot of those queries. Um, so SEO uh, definitely became more important, uh, become, become harder and became more important through that as well. Can you predict maybe... Um, future trends or what SEO people uh, can expect in the upcoming years, in the next couple of years, let's say? Yeah, so what we're seeing right now is that we're still figuring out what this voice search thing is like. And I guess the main thing, if I look at it a little bit um, more sort of on a fundamental level, is it's about how do we interact with information? And what do we and what we see now that Google is doing, which sort of seems to not be about voice search so much, is they're starting to use structured data more and more, and they're starting to show more and more rich results. And that's definitely a trend that we we see um, uh, that we see evolving. When you ask me what's happening there, it. It's also, I think there's definitely also this relation with voice search because we're figuring out uh, the things, the, the types of information that we have on the web. Uh, we're figuring out the kinds of queries uh, that weren't, that are, and how they're related to what types of information. We're figuring out how to, how to present that information to the end user, all that kind of stuff. That also means that some information might not be best consumed on a website, but might might be sort of better consumed on Google itself. That's what we see happening with, for instance, frequently asked questions pages, which now Google could show a, an accordion uh, in the Google search results featuring all the questions and answers straight on, on their site. Uh, people don't come to your site for every search query anymore. Those are all, and, and that's very similar to when you ask, for instance, Siri, or you ask uh, Google a question in voice search, you, you, you probably don't go to Yoast.com. You, you'll know that the answer comes from Yoast.com, but you probably won't visit uh, that site anymore to get that answer. So that that is definitely uh, a big thing that's happening at the moment, and we're, we're still figuring it out out as we go but uh, google is is slowly releasing more uh, more of those rich results yeah the problem with this is that uh, those websites that rely on conversions from those users and and you know even marking them and re, re remarketing for them they cannot do that so how uh, what are the strategies that you would recommend them uh, kind of do right now i would probably recommend to not be scared of this development too much. My personal take on this is that the most important thing and it becoming more and more important is building a good brand. So maybe uh, because our usual tactics 
for sort of getting our brand exposed to our to our users has been sort of to get them to our website and to have them consume information on our website and then associate that with our brand. We need to make sure that our brand receives uh, positive associations through rich results as well. So if people Google for SEO questions a couple of times and they they get uh, three types of answers and all of the time um, the source reads Yoast, that also contributes greatly to to that brand awareness and to that to that reach so i think that that that's definitely something that we should focus on more so building strong brands and uh, making sure those brands are associated with quality content yeah plus once you build the brand and people will search for your brand which is also uh kind of neat omar can you share some of the things that you're working on right now uh on yoast Yes, I can. What we currently are working on is quite technical in nature, to be honest. It has to do mostly with performance. We always, you know, we always did our metadata management in uh, in WordPress in the classical WordPress way, uh, which is fine and which is not terrible, but uh, which is not the most performant way that we can think of, and it's also not the most simple way. Uh, so we're trying to come up with a with a sort of new uh, way of managing the date the metadata and that that could make it much faster for everyone and then that could also make it easier to work with and based on that would also be easier to sort of for instance query um, easily query metadata and do do fun stuff with that because we we could for instance, relate metadata of different different articles with each other and then sort of analyze that uh, on the website itself and and give recommendations on what could be improved on that site so there's lots of different implications to what we're right doing right now the first implication will be that sort of websites will hopefully just become a little bit more performant um, but then we are looking at how can we use this new Uh, way of managing the metadata to uh, to give more site-wide SEO recommendations uh, so the, and that's definitely what we're looking at is how, how can we provide more more SEO recommendations on the site level and and not only on the on the content level we do some of that stuff already but we, we'd like to do more interesting and that will affect I'm sure uh, advanced sites as well and and uh, maybe e-commerce sites. especially yeah it's 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 all about like the thing the easy things that come to mind is about internal linking is like how do you uh, how do you help a site uh, editor sort of come up with a good internal linking structure you have all the content in WordPress we can technically know which articles link to which articles and uh, we can sort of make that visible to the end user how How that looks uh, what based of their internal linking structure what kind of content is important and we have some features uh, in premium mostly that that are uh, that are already helping users with that but it would be awesome to do more there cool that sounds interesting so Omar how uh, one final question how can people uh, follow you and uh, cry and read more and connect with you 
well, if you want to stay up to date with 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 Yoast SEO and all the stuff that we're doing, um, and and stay up to date with new releases and all that kind of stuff, you should definitely subscribe to the Yoast newsletter. Just go to yoast.com and and you'll find it straight away. And if you want to follow me personally and, and see what I'm up to, you can best follow me on Twitter. I'm there in at uh, Omar Rice, just my name, uh, and and you'll find me. Uh, great, and uh, it's been great talking to you. And uh, we, we've had a blast also meeting you in in the last uh, WordCamp. So it's nice to have uh, kind of a, a partner that grows with us uh, as well. So uh, thanks very much, Matan. Do you have anything to add? No, I hope to see him uh, next year in uh, Porto. Ah, yeah, I, I hope so too. Always fun to to speak to you guys and. Uh... Yeah, uh, we'll definitely drop by when I'm uh, when I'm in Israel again. Okay, so thanks very much and talk to you soon. Bye bye.